You're listening to episode 59 of It's an Adventure with Daniel and Victor. They recorded this episode in the fucking moon, Jesus Christ. You can listen to this episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. This includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can donate to this podcast on Anchor. And if you like this podcast, tell a friend. Welcome to the next chapter of It's an Adventure. How exciting. Enjoy this week's episode. Record. And we're recording. We're doing it. Is it making sound? It is making sound. I'm seeing the wavelengths. It's replacing all all of our test wavelengths. Very nice. This is, uh, It's an Adventure, episode 58. Yes. Remote version. Yes. We, uh, if we sound... And we are, we are recording once again. I'm sorry. I pressed a button and, uh, something bad happened. I adjusted the volume on my computer and for some reason that stopped the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you, you mentioned what cities we were in. What, I'm in, I'm in Garden Grove right now. Where are you? I'm in Sherman Oaks. Because you live there now. Yes. How's Sherman Oaks? Oh, it's nice. Um... Gym is five minutes away, work is 20 minutes away, so instead of making that hour and a half commute that I used to, like six days a week, I'm drastically cutting down on that. Nice. Yeah. So if we sound a bit different, and if we have like lots of, what did you just say? That's because we're in different cities. Yeah, we're no, we're not sitting right by each other like we usually are. This is the first time. What episode fifty nine is the first time that we're not like in the same room. Yeah, dude, it's an evolution of the podcast. Yeah. So uh, today, I want to talk about a movie that caused a ruckus, and then another movie that caused a ruckus like last year. I think it was. Yeah, I think we we talked about uh, one of the movies. In a previous episode of It's an Adventure, right? Everyone, everyone's favorite Joker. Yeah. Showed up and it was already done, you know? Wait, wait, can you do me a favor? Can you repeat what you just said? Because what I did was I put in headphones and uh, all the sound that was coming out of my computer went into my headphones, and I got none of what you just said. <laughs> no, I was just saying, because we recorded on the Friday Joker came out, Yeah. and we were like, oh, I wonder if anyone's going to die or something. Yeah. And then the podcast came out Monday, so it was just extremely late to the party where we were talking about that. Yeah. So now we can fully say what we thought about the movie. Yeah, and I, I don't think anybody died. I didn't die. I went to go see it. Nobody shot me up. Nobody shot you yeah, up. You went to the same theater I went to. You it went. Like. You saw it at the block. Yeah, the block in Orange. Yeah. Yes. No oh shit. I saw your Instagram. Yeah. I not the same day. I went the day before because I'm better than you. Oh yeah, because you're you're more yeah yeah you're you're one of those premier guys. <laughs> yeah. It cut. It's supposed yeah. to come out on Friday, but you watch it. The uh, the Thursday before at twelve. We get the pre screening two months before yeah. the movie comes. Out. Yeah, you're cool. Um, so the way uh, before we do Joker, can I talk about Hereditary for a second? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I just saw it and I loved it. 
So um, you haven't seen it? It's been out for like a, a year and a half now, and you've only seen it uh, recently? Yeah, because it's spooky movie season. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that is a good slow burner movie. And uh, what did you think of it? Because you saw it when it first came out. I thought it was very, very good. And uh, I thought... Even though it was a good horror movie, it was a good movie about, I guess, like the the fall of a family and how past demons can really come back and like affect you and fuck you up and not only fuck you up but fuck your children up as well. So, <laughs> I I think it's it's a lesson in uh, make sure that all of your demons are if that if they're not put to bed that you have somewhat address them in some way. Because it's weird to say that it's one of my favorite horror movies because it's barely a horror movie, Yeah, really. it's more of like it's a family more, movie. It's more of a family drama. Yeah. Like, heavy fucking family drama with, like, ten minutes of horror at the end. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, no, hey, have you heard of Ari Aster before? Like, before Hereditary? Not before Hereditary, no. Uh, Hereditary is what put him on the map for me. years ago he did a short film called uh there's something strange about the johnsons i think it's what it's called yeah you can watch it all on youtube it's like 30 minutes long and that one everything he does is just super fucked up family shit because the strange thing about the johnsons it's (laughs) it's not funny but it's about like a kid like adult son raping his own father oh god that's bizarre <laughs> and again it's not funny but there's a scene where the dad's taking a bath and the son just really wanted to rape his dad so he breaks down the door and there's a zoom in shot of the dad going <laughs> and i <laughs> I wish I could find it, like, I wish I could find that singular thing, but, um, I think they copyright striked everyone who was just putting that scene up. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, so he, I want to watch Midsummer now, based off of Hereditary. I'll tell you right and, now, like, Midsummer is a very different movie, and I don't really know if you can really classify it as horror. It, it, it's a and it's a very slower burn, very okay. slower. But it, it's still it's still an interesting movie that people should go see. Well, because Hereditary, it look it sounds like the main theme is dealing with grief yeah. and loss of a loved one. Um, and I read before that Midsummer he wrote it while he was breaking up with someone or like in the middle of a toxic relationship or something. So all of his movies just seem to be him going to therapy for himself, you know? <laughs> well, that's what art is sometimes. It's it's you sort of coming to terms with uh, your life and the shitty sh- stuff that has happened to you before. So it might have been a way to like for him to address all those things and... I, I don't know. It, it I'd say like the the relationship that is featured in Midsummer is the way it plays out and and the way it, it ends is very um it's tough. It's harsh. All of that is really really harsh and uncomfortable. 
oh, there were so many times where I cringed, not at, like, the, the scary horror aspects of the movie, but at, like, oh, God, like, that's, what a bad boyfriend, you know? <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't just, believe he did just that. Just normal day-to-day things. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, like, the, the harshest scene in Hereditary has probably happened in one way or another, like, yeah. at the 20-minute mark, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil it because, like, it. They did a fucking good job on that marketing because it sounded like I was. We were going to. Uh, one character was going to be the main person, and she's just gone for halfway through the movie. Yeah, you know. She gets so uh, I don't want to say something happens to her. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, do you do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into Joker? I guess no. I guess uh. Even though I don't think Midsummer, in my opinion, lived up to what Hereditary was, but sure. it's still a very interesting movie, and I look forward to to more Ari Aster films. Yeah, I, yeah, I um, because like again, I don't know if I could qualify this as horror, but there's a central theme to everything that he's doing, and I really like that theme, so yeah. I'm enjoying it. I also like the way that he he just makes movies. It's it's yeah, like I dig it. I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to his next project. Yeah. Hey, can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Is Hereditary to Midsummer like Get Out to Us in the way you're viewing it? Yes, 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 yes. I think that'd be an accurate uh, way of describing it. Okay, interesting. I'm still interested in seeing it, but I I will temper my expectations. Yeah, that's wise. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, for this, the main meat... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, keep talking? Check, check, check. There we are, cool. I was just adjusting some stuff. There we are. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Um, the main meat and potatoes, because you've heard all the wrong critics talk about Joker before. Yeah. But you haven't heard us talk about it. Those guys don't know anything. Oh, I... It's so weird. I'm I'm not even super interested in the movie anymore. I'm so interested in hearing everyone talk about it. I know I know you mentioned before that you were considering whether or not like the uh, all of the backlash the movie was getting if it was a guerrilla marketing campaign. And I think there's some credence to that because every time I check Twitter and there's a negative uh, review uh, about the Joker movie, or like some negative article on it, it's always written by someone at Time Magazine, and oh, really? yeah, and Joker is a uh, is owned by Warner Brothers, and uh, yeah. uh, Time Magazine is also owned owned by Warner Brothers. There's Time Warner, you know. Uh, right. It sounds a little fishy, you know. You know, you put two and two together, and you're like, hmm, I see what you're doing there. I mean, in my like. Not in my defense, but to clarify, I didn't come up with that theory. Yeah, it was someone who, um, someone who I work with, that was like, I, "This all seems a little too perfect." Yeah, before the movie comes out, you know. Yeah. Um, I uh, I, I don't even know how to structure. Them. I want to say one crazy. I, w- I want to talk about how people are viewing it before we talk about it first. Yeah, because I've heard one hundred percent. And I've heard zero percent, but I haven't heard like in the middle fifty yeah. or sixty. Yeah, uh, my favorite 
review of it was from Rush Limbaugh's daughter, who says... <laughs> Ru- Ru- Rashida Limbaugh? Say that one more time. Rashida sorry. Limbaugh? Rashida Limbaugh? Rashida, something I can't even remember. <laughs> it was on Fox News. Her takeaway was, if Joker prayed to Jesus, he wouldn't have killed all those people. Oh, no. I think Joker... <laughs> I think he killed those people because he did pray to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus prayed to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's. I, have you. Honestly, everyone I've talked to, except for like the two people I went to go see the movie with, is either in love, this is the savior of DC, or it's complete trash and no one should watch it. Have you. What have you felt about that? I think I'm more in the... I think I'm kind of like the 50%. I think it was a good movie. I didn't think it was bad. There was some things, right. though, that uh, I didn't really think were that good. I think the the whole uh, having the class warfare aspect of it come in there, I think that was a little far-reaching. They could have done a better job incorporating all of that into the movie and making it feel more earned and natural. You know what I'm saying? I felt, I felt like some of that was out of like left field and I didn't really believe how some of the things that happened in the movie would spark riots. And I guess like that, that's what's happened in the real world. Like certain people have been killed and people have rioted. But when that happened in the movie, I didn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so I want to do like a first spoiler-free thing, and then yeah, like after that we go into full. Was everything. that spoilerific? Did I? Did I? Did I? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think you you alluded to a plot point. Yeah, but I don't think. And I think I, wanna... I, I think it's common knowledge that people die in this movie. <laughs> Lots of people um, are gonna get offed. Yeah, but I think uh, you alluded to a plot point. I want to explore that like in the second half of this for sure. Because I see where you're coming from, but I might have a disagreement. Yeah. So we're just going to see. Um, what did you like and not like about the movie? I liked Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I think he did a really good job. Uh, I think he should be nominated for shit. Uh, it doesn't matter if this movie's problematic. He, he, did a, he did us a service. I think there's certain parts in the movie that are interesting and valid. Uh, there's certain scenes that I thought that were really well done. And I wish, like I, like I mentioned before, I wish there were certain things that were better um, addressed. And if they were better addressed, if they were executed in a way that was uh, better fitting and made sense, then this movie would be an absolute... Uh, I wouldn't say like masterpiece or classic, but it would be... Uh, a really, really, really good movie. Probably the best one yeah, of the year. I think because they touched on a lot of points. Like, people using random acts of violence to push political agendas and class warfare and stuff like that. But they never actually dove deep into those points. And if they did, I think there would be no 0% or 50%. It'd all be 100%. Yeah, you know? definitely. I agree, too. I don't think so. I, I think he tries very hard. I think when it comes to actors and when people think of like he's an actor's actor or like he's a fucking... It, it's like Daniel Day-Lewis and then 
behind yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis is Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. It's like Daniel Day-Lewis, Robert Downey Jr., even though he's been in bad movies, I can't name a bad thing, like a bad thing he personally has done yeah. as an actor, you know? Well, there's hookers um, and blow. <laughs> oh, I meant... But that, that didn't happen. Performing, that didn't performing happen anymore. Arts. <laughs> but, you know, so like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is definitely the Daniel Day-Lewis of actors yeah. right now. And um, I really liked Gotham. I liked Gotham City as a character. Gotcha. Sometimes I but, forgot. Sometimes I would watch this movie and I would forget that it was, it's technically a Batman movie. It's in the, it's in, it's in the Batman universe. And that, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really think that was a bad thing. Because every now and then I'd be like, because they'd be like, Gotham, Gotham. Like, oh yeah, this shit takes place in Gotham. Like, this this is weird. This is a fictional city, not Detroit or something. Yeah. Um, No, I think the, uh, yeah, Gotham City as a character is as big of a character as Arthur Fleck or, I don't know, Murray Franklin or any of the other characters in the way that the city reacts to certain things, you know? Yeah. Um, fuck, fuck, what else? Oh, I like Robert De Niro. I actually think he he didn't have that much screen time, but he fucking used that screen time. Yeah, I believe them as, like, uh, that late-night host, like a, like a Johnny Carson or a Jay Leno. Like, he was... He did a good job of that. Yes, yeah, and I think... He did a good job of portraying a comedian and also how that comedian would react to things when the cameras are off. Yeah, you know? or even how a comedian would react to things, or even just like a host, how a host would react to things when the cameras are on, because there are certain scenes there where somebody else would have been like, okay, turn the cameras off, but he kept it right. going, because he, he, I guess he sort of knew, like, oh, this is good TV, this is good content. <laughs> Yeah, someone in the control room would have just unplugged the entire studio yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the oh, it's oh. By the way, if you don't know what Joker is, it's about Arthur Fleck, a struggling stand-up comic uh, who's pushed by society and then turns into the iconic supervillain Joker. Well, there's theories that say Todd Phillips himself is saying that the the person that Joaquin Phoenix plays may or may not be the Joker. He may be the inspiration for the Joker. And yeah, I was thinking about that during the movie. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's fine. And that just sort of lends credence to like the I guess what people think or like the theory that the the Joker isn't necessarily a person, but a state of mind. <laughs> yeah, and I think similar because when i was talking about gotham city being a character similar to joker only needing one bad day gotham city had like there was a very minor thing that happens at the end of the first act and the city just explodes into chaos yeah and uh yeah i think that was um definitely walking walking phoenix's character was an inspiration for a lot of things in that in the uh in the city and possibly the real Joker. Yeah. Which I liked because I, 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 have you, have you read any of the big Joker like storylines? Like I think that there was a day where I went to Barnes and Noble and I had nothing to do. And I read the, the killing joke in one sitting. 
Okay. And uh, it was, it, it, yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't really remember. I remember certain parts of it, but I I remember I read it, and so I'm I'm familiar with it. So yeah, because Todd Todd Phillips he he said he didn't use any Joker storylines for the movie, but you can tell the influence. Yeah, that it's definitely there. Yeah, because the entire one of the theses or one of the I don't know storylines or themes of this movie is you don't actually know what's happening in real life and what's happening in Arthur Flex just mind you know yeah and at the end of Alan Moore's Killing Joke he says if I want I want my history to be multiple choice also so. At the end of this movie, I liked how the entire movie was a big nod to that. Uh, also, a bunch of references to stuff like The Dark Knight Returns and like other Batman movies and everything. So I think, I don't know if this works as a Batman movie, but it definitely works as a Joker film. Yeah. If that uh, makes any sense. I saw it with Tyler and we were discussing it and I think we both agreed that, and other people too have shared the sentiments that it, it's... It's not so much a Batman movie, or it's 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 more of like an I don't know if the movie's even trying to say anything too. It's it's more of an origin story. I don't right. know if this thing has a a real message. It's just telling us a story of how th- this person ended up doing what he did and becoming the person he became. Yeah, and I think as do you have anything else to say that's like not spoilery? Because I'm ready to get into full things. No. I think I'm good. Okay. Let's get into these fucking spoilers. Let's make people mad. Let's make them yeah. mad. Yeah. I mean, we alerted them. Yeah. But um, I don't know. If you, I, think, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm trying to speak really softly here because my voice is apparently really booming, and it's making it's making the audio peak. So I'm. Is I'm, it peaking? It's not peaking on your end, but it's peaking on my end because my face oh, is sure. like right in front of my computer. So right now I'm trying to sound like smooth jazz. I'm trying to. Ooh. I'm trying to be real soft here. <laughs> smooth like the Joker. Like the Joker. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> Have you seen that video? No, what's that? <laughs> Remember when uh, Dark Knight came out and everyone had their Heath Ledger Joker and yeah. laugh at everything? Yeah. Some kid was doing a like an audition, I guess, or an acting class. And he goes, you want to know how I got these scars? I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at, I think there's Joker Baby, uh, Joker 2019 teaser style and everything. Yeah. Uh, he's an icon. I wish he was, I wish he got the role in not Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, all the comments are Hollywood what ifs. Um, <laughs> so, um, you were saying the, uh, Oh, fuck. You don't know if this movie had a message? Yeah. I think it kind of had a message, but every time it creeped towards one, it just disappeared. Yeah. You know? And honestly, that's... uh, And I've heard this from other people, too. That's sort of in line with the Joker character. 
because it's sort of his the whole point is he's random and ambiguous and he he gives certain reasons for the things that he does but then he he sort of takes them back because he wants to keep people guessing and he, that's just he's just a dude that just does stuff just to do stuff all of his reasons are bullshit yeah like utter bullshit like, oh go ahead go ahead no no go ahead go ahead you go go ahead well, I was going to say, like, you saw that in The Dark Knight when he would rob banks and shit just to burn the money. Yeah. So it was never, like, like sometimes he would say things but not actually mean them and everything. Um, at the beginning of the first act, three Wall Street bankers get killed by Arthur Fleck. Uh, that, I think, is the best scene in the movie. It is, yeah. It was interesting the way they shot it too, and how like the the lights were flicker on and off, and how it all how it built up to the him shooting the first guy in the face, and it's all yes. yeah, it was really well done. Well, and then you can claim because what happens? It's in the trailer where these guys come while he's laughing, and then it's clear they're gonna do something to him. Um, they're they start beating the shit out of him. And the first two guys, you can claim self-defense, but then he hunts down and kills that third guy. Yeah, like, the, the guy's on the, the steps crawling, and he comes up and shoots him in the back a couple times. Well, it's not just crawling. He'd been slamming his f fist against the window, screaming for help. So yeah. it was like a cold-blooded murder, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think a lesser movie would have had... Because the movie, or that scene begins with them harassing some woman. A lesser movie would have had them, like, in the middle of raping her or something. Yeah. Uh, and, like, Joker would have been an accidental anti-hero. Um, but, in a, a, like, again, the first two kind of self-defense, but third one went over the line. And I felt uncomfortable with that violence, you know? Yeah. Uh, give me a sec. I'm going to move. I just got poor internet connection thing, so I'm going to move to the living room. Can you can you talk for two seconds? No, I can't. I can't talk. Every time you say that, I'm going to say, no, I can't fucking talk, Victor. I'm not your fucking monkey. I'm not your clown. I'm not your goddamn fucking talk man. All right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk for two minutes just so you can do some stupid shit. Ugh. Listen to me. Made you, I could fucking end you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm right next to the internet box, so I should be good now. It should be good. I like how you called it the internet box. <laughs> <laughs> the magical box that I don't understand. Yeah, that goes beep, uh, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> no, um... Oh, fuck, what was it gonna be? Yeah, no, a non-spoiler thing. I like how the movie isn't super violent, but every time they show violence, it's, like, fucking harsh. It is. And I, I can only count, like, what, two or three instances of violence throughout the entire movie? I think there's, like, around four. Around four. I don't know. I don't know why people are saying in like the in the articles too. And again, this is, this could lend to like the whole idea that this might be like some sort of guerrilla marketing campaign where people are like, "This movie is so violent. It so the violence isn't necessary." Um, I'm, just rise up. Yeah, it's just like, dude, it's it's only four. It's only like four violent instances in an entire in a what two hour movie. It's almost. 
Fincher-esque, where violence is never present on screen, but it feels like it's all over the place. Yeah. Like like Seven or Mindhunters or something. Yeah. But, um... Oh. God damn it. This is why I have numbered list. Oh, what did you think about Thomas Wayne and all the Batman stuff? Um, I thought that was... Because it ended up being, like, she she was just crazy, right? And she was not, like, in a relationship with him at all. He wasn't he wasn't his, his father or anything. I think that was a way to sort of establish this movie, establish this movie's ties to Batman. Yeah. And I, I think it was, uh, that's, that's why they used the, the Wayne characters. But then I think they were also trying to do something with Thomas Wayne and how he, I guess, represents, how he represents that whole, the, the, the upper class and the rich people. He was the symbol for that. Yeah. Cause I think Thomas Wayne is a character. I think he's a cool villain kind of person. Yeah. You know? But his villainy becomes so weird and cartoonish uh, because <laughs> after, after the Wall Street bankers get killed, he's... Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry, I thought I cut out. After the Wall Street bankers get killed, he makes a speech saying, all you poor people are clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and you're jealous of my money. That's why I'm running for mayor. <laughs> 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 That was kind of that was kind of weird. I didn't mean to, but I just turned to my friend and I went, "Jesus Christ, where the fuck did that come from?" Yeah. Because if you take like a real life political vip, like Trump or something, he'll be like, "Oh, Pete Buttigieg, more like Pete Butt Fucker or yeah. something, something childish like that." <coughs> I, I'm sorry, I got something caught in my throat. smart and they know that I'm the right person for the job. Thomas Wayne turned into like a mayoral incel where he's like you people would never vote for a nice rich guy like me. That's why I'm running for mayor. Yeah. And it's interesting how I guess it makes sense too that the uh, the villains in a Joker movie are the Waynes. <laughs> it's some sort yeah, of sure. Wayne. Yeah and that's why I think that's why I said it. I think it works as a Joker movie, but not a Batman movie. Yeah. Because I was talking to someone at the station about the movie, and they're like, this Thomas Wayne would never pass on the values of being selfless to Bruce Wayne, you know? Yeah. Of, like, helping the little guy. And that's why Thomas Wayne, as a singular character in this standalone movie, is fine, and it works, but as a Batman character i don't think it works that well you know yeah i think uh and i also heard this from other people and it was it's in having the waynes be the villains uh it's the joker is basically the hero of the movie and he's and i, I it's there's been lines in other batman movies that say like oh batman is the hero gotham deserves but it seems in this movie uh, Joker, Arthur Fleck, was the hero that Gotham deserves. Do you think that, though? Um, I don't. 
I think, uh, I think, I think the Joker is just a, like, like with anybody else, anybody that is, that comes to prominence in that way and uses violence and anger and, uh, and that sort of thing to become like a, a an important figure in people's minds and in society, uh, when someone that violent and that deranged becomes that, um, revered it's a it's merely a reaction to all the negative stuff that's happening around you and they're not really heroes they're not really the people that's not really the person that the the city deserves it's that's just the the fucking whatever's going on whatever the anger manifesting itself into into a human being if that makes any sense no that makes sense because i think he um how am i gonna put this like at the beginning, like it's again, it's almost cartoon. Getting the shit beaten out of him every day. Yeah. Uh, fucking like everything. Learning about not knowing who his dad is, his mom lying to him all the time. It's um, such a downer of a character, and you kind of feel for him on a human aspect. But from the beginning, I never felt like I'd want to be in a room with that guy. Yeah. You know. Definitely. And then, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I said definitely. Um, That's it. Oh, for sure. But, and then whenever the violent scenes came up when he was doing something, I was repulsed by them, and I really hated him by the end of the movie. There were, yeah, there were scenes in it where I was like, uh, like when he was talking to the, the orderly in the at the mental hospital when he was trying to get his mom's records. and uh, I'm sorry? Paperboy, yeah, I, mean, I was talking to Paperboy. I was, I was hoping that at the end of the scene he would somewhat be somewhat normal, but every interaction he had with people would end up going awry, and it would always be his fault, his reactions to things. Like, he ended up taking those records from Paperboy. When he first met uh, Zazzy Beats in the hallway, he, like, right. did that whole shooting himself in the head thing, and it was really fucking creepy. There was just moments where I wish he would redeem himself, and he did not. He would do the exact opposite. <laughs> when Zazzy Beats is like, were you following me? I wish you had robbed a bank. And he's like, oh, I've got a gun. And it, it was kind of a cute moment, but yeah. when you were in it, it feels like a fucking creepy guy trying to hit on this girl, you know? Yeah, and I I, I knew from the get-go that uh, when she knocked on his door and was all like, are you following me? That that was like a, a delusion. Because there's okay. no way somebody would be okay. There's no way a woman would be okay with you following her. And then, like, going to your... <laughs> knocking on your apartment and being like, were you following me? And yeah. then you guys are, are going out. There's, that's just not... That's not the case. <laughs> no one gets laid after bombing at an open mic like that. No, nobody. <laughs> That's why my friend, he uh, he's like, the most uncomfortable scenes for me were watching him bomb at an open mic. I could deal with the violence and everything, but watching him just get no laughter, I wanted to leave the theater. And yo, some of those jokes weren't bad. <laughs> some of them were good. Who's laughing now? That's that's a good joke. (laughs) It's good, but hasn't haven't people done it already? Or did he originate that? No, I think people have done it before. Okay, (laughs) it's not a Joker origin movie. It's the Who's Laughing Now. Yeah, that's what that is. 
That's what they should have called it from the get-go. <laughs> Didn't you want... I wanted Brian Tyree Henry to just be like, I know I work in records, but man, I'm all about that paper boy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they call me the paper boy for no reason. Did, um, did you see all, all the comedians that were in it? All the comics? You had uh, you had uh, Gary Goldman, uh, Brian Callen, and then Mark Marin was, um, I think, yes. Robert De Niro's producer. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then who was doing... Do you know who was doing the actual jokes on stage? Were those the people? I think Gary Goldman was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they were actually... The actual comics doing things were... I was busting up at those jokes. Yeah. Um... And you knew it was like Todd Phillips saying, hey man, you want a couple hundred thousand bucks to be in this movie? It's like, sure, go yeah. ahead. Um, what did you think about Zazie Beetz's character? Um, I thought Zazie Beetz's character, because uh, in the end, most of her, most of the things that happened with her were, weren't real. They were fabrications. They were yeah, in it was his all head. Fake. So I think... She, I guess that served its purpose. I think she was just there for the twist at the end to show just how really demented he was and how troubled he was. And uh, I think that served a purpose. I I would imagine some people are, are upset online because it's another instance of having a, a, a female character in the story only to... I guess sort of a, a plot point, but then again, you right. do you need to have you sort of need to have those type of characters to serve a purpose, you know? Yeah. Just I as think... like a just as like a storyteller and somebody that also does it, you sort of have to have one of those characters that is just there to do this or reveal this. Yeah, because I think I don't think anyone in this movie really. Um did anything other than to serve Arthur's story. Yeah. You know, this was de definitely his story. So like, I don't, I don't lament that she was, most of her parts were imaginary and she didn't have that big of a role, but she kind of did. And everyone else that was there was there to be in service of Arthur's story. Yeah. And I think I just wish, I didn't mind her scenes, but I think, if it was just to show that Arthur is crazy and some of the things that he's saying isn't real, I think they could have done a more clever approach to that. You know? Yeah. I or feel like, you. Oh, go ahead. I said, oh, I said, I feel you. Yeah, or really just get rid of that character because you have enough of this stuff with uh, Thomas Wayne. You establish in the beginning with Murray Franklin's scene that he's already delusional. So you have these things already that I didn't think she was super necessary to the movie. I think, too, maybe in a way, this is something that I thought of, that uh, like a, like the movie portrays the Joker as a, a, the hero that Gotham deserves, sort of. And uh, in every, like, sort of superhero... Because this could be, like, treated as, like, a, a maybe, like, a really dark parody of a superhero movie. Right. And uh, every superhero movie has to have some sort of love interest, Right. Yeah. So say like you have that love interest, and in the end, it ends up being like a, a delusion, and the love interest is actually very terrified of you. It, it's a that's a way of sort of uh, showing just how bad this guy, how bad off this guy is. 
Uh, you know, I didn't think about that. That's actually, that's not a bad way of viewing things. Yeah. Yeah, you're very smart. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, <laughs> I also have a, a giant penis. <laughs> Uh, dude, I wish I had one of those. Oh, dude, it's great. It's like having a gun. Yeah, I just ordered some pills off of Pornhub, so hopefully. <laughs> what about bathwater? Did you order bathwater too? I, I make my own. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. You make your own gamer girl bathwater, so I imagine you had like a gamer girl chained up in your in your bathroom right now. <laughs> oh no! Are you are you Arthur Fleck? Is that what's just, going on now? Are you the Joker? I just collect the shower water that I shower in and then drink that. <laughs> it's so gross. Ah, nasty. Some people drink their own piss. I drink <laughs> my own shower water. <laughs> hey, man, there's, uh, there's vitamins and minerals in that, I guess. That, yeah. Was, uh, I'm like Bear grills of Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Um, so I think what the last big thing is, uh, for me at least, is the Marie Franklin scene. Well, no, there's two. Um, I'll just mention this. There's a scene that's just very graphic, and I close my eyes, if I'm being honest with you. The, uh, when he picked up, and I got a hand into this movie, when he, from the scene where he picked up the scissors up until, like, the cathartic release of the city going insane, I felt, like, sick to my stomach the whole time. Um, I mean, you're talking about, like, when he ended up uh, stabbing uh the the russian guy from barry right all the way to like near the end that is the russian guy from barry yeah okay yeah um, what's his name not 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 no ho hank but um no ho hank's no boss idea. i wish oh imagine if it was no ho hank i love no ho hank he's cool yeah i do too <laughs> but um can you confirm this cuz i closed my eyes cuz i knew where it was going and there are certain triggers that hit me when movies portray it. He stabbed in neck, neck, eye, and then head against the wall, right? Yeah, that's how it went down. It was brutal. Yep. Every single trigger I have in watching a movie was in that scene. So I'm glad I just kind of... So you don't like when people get shanked in the neck and the eye and then get their heads caved in? It... How long did that scene last? It was like a fucking minute, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it lasted a bit. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a little too grotesque for me. And I like um, how uh, the uh, when he let the, the little guy go, and he said the, the one thing that some incel mass shooters say to certain people were, uh, you were always nice to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good, I like that they added that in there. I know he should have texted the, the little midget. Yeah. Hey, don't come to school tomorrow. Because <laughs> it's a meme, right? It's a meme. Like, oh, you were always nice to me, or don't go to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a, a Raimi meme. Yeah. Defoe is at dinner, and the caption is, "When you read from the quiet kid, don't come to school tomorrow." But the um, it was sent yesterday. <laughs> like, Excuse me, I must leave. <laughs> Something has come to my attention. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so Murray Franklin is played by Robert De Niro, and he's like the Johnny Carson of this universe. Yeah. Um, he makes fun of Arthur Fleck for bombing at an open mic, which admittedly is kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. But because, like, imagine if. I showed up on out Jimmy Kimmel 
or something is like this guy sucks at comedy it's like that level yeah of uh, almost pettiness that almost but, sounds like something jimmy kimmel would do i think jimmy kimmel's kind of an asshole well i don't know i don't know him but it sounds like uh he would make jokes at other people's expenses and i think because that's a good point the i think murray franklin and possibly Jimmy Kimmel, because I've been watching his interviews and he sucks at interviewing. Um, that's just <laughs> someone's not getting on the Jimmy Kimmel show now. <laughs> let's get um, let's get a Jimmy Kimmel canceled. Not get him canceled, but let's get us let's get us canceled from canceled from Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag fuck Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> um, but it, it did seem like that was just kind of his act, Murray Franklin. Because off, like off camera, he was super respectful to uh, Arthur Fleck and was willing to go along with any of the bits that he was gonna do for TV. You know. Yeah, like he was, he was like uh, he treated him with respect and stuff. And even when uh, the fucking Arthur was going off and being like, "Oh, I killed those people," like he let him talk. And I think like he let him talk for, I guess, story purposes, so the the character can say like what was on his mind but i like i said too i brought it up earlier like maybe he was just like the consummate tv pro where he was all like this is gonna get good ratings i have to keep this guy talking you know but then again yep. he, he let him say his piece well it's like if if larry king was interviewing ed kemper yes and ed kemper's like i just killed those people and then had sex with the bodies and larry king's like no we're gonna keep going with this yeah this is all new information but we're gonna keep going um the oh, fuck what is what am i trying to say i there are two things i feel about the entire scene because the movie basically ends with joker showing up on the tv show uh and then shooting robert de niro's character yes um first off good nod to the dark knight returns with in which joker shows up is interviewed by like a conan o'brien style person and then murders everyone in the uh everyone in the audience um he, outside of that it's kind of it's a little unrealistic you know a little bit yeah i think like like you said earlier a, a producer probably would have shut everything off yeah. Um, I did spot some network references, though, in that scene. The The movie Network by Sidney Lumet came out in 1976. Sure. Uh, that movie ends with somebody being shot on live TV. And then um, if you remember what happens afterwards, after he shoots Murray, then uh, you have that, um, that camera that pans out and it sees all the screens and stuff. Okay. That's a that's a reference to how network ends, and I know that because I'm film literate. <laughs> you're film literate. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it, I never, I actually never watched network. So you I got you got to watch it. It's it's yeah. it's great. It's it, it predicted the it, 1976 it predicted the uh, the future of media. So I'll right. I'll say that, and um, I guess with having it be an homage and a reference to that, it's just to sort of show that uh. I guess like crazy shit happens and it gets broadcasted and it's just, it it's for views, it's for ratings, it's like I don't know, man. It's it, it wouldn't surprise me if I hear at today in twenty nineteen that somebody got shot in uh, on a live show. I'd be like, oh shit, it's a uh, crazy. Like I'm you don't pretty think so? sure. 
But you think that would... Because I... Like, this was pre-9-11 when the movie took place. Yeah. So it's like they weren't checking anyone for anything. But every time I go anywhere now, I get patted down. I have my backpack searched and everything. No, I guess... Uh, not not so much that, like... I'm sure, like, if somebody would get... Somebody would get caught with, like, a firearm or something. But if it were, yeah. like... If it were just live TV, and it doesn't matter if it's in a studio or something, if it can be out in the open, it wouldn't surprise me if s- something crazy was caught and broadcasted to a million people. Oh, you know that shit's happened. Yeah. Where, like, and, and you can't see it now because they went back to, like... Uh, blur out the dead bodies or something. Yeah. But you know, like, someone's been run over while doing a broadcast. There's actually a, there's a, I'm pretty sure a few years ago I found this YouTube compilation of people, uh, this is really dark, (laughs) of of people killing themselves on, like, live news broadcasts. Like, they would go on a high-speed chase, and then they'd get out of their car, and then they'd take a gun out and shoot themselves. And there's been a couple occasions where, uh, like, news helicopters and news vans have gotten that footage and it's yeah. sometimes it's on youtube i think youtube takes it down but every now and then videos like that pop up and uh sometimes uh yeah you you can go into a youtube hole if you really want to of that there's actually a, a, a newscaster in the 70s her name's uh, christine chubbuck who killed herself on a like a live news broadcast like she uh she said something because she her story is really interesting you should look it up you should google her or something but um she uh she was like this news anchor who's who took journalism seriously and the news seriously and uh she would write like these really uh these news stories that she really cared about and uh put in work in but at the time she had a producer that was like if it bleeds it leads you know that sort of guy yeah and um she just really didn't find any luck or she didn't really get a lot of credit where she was working, and so one day, she uh, she's doing the news, and then she she says something along the lines of, "Well, here at KBCC or whatever news station she worked at, she's like, here at KBCC, we uh, are implementing a new policy of blood and guts, and so you here you have your first a uh, a live uh, suicide attempt, and she takes out a gun and straight shoots herself in the face." Jesus Christ! And she drops onto the desk, and then the uh, the footage cuts out. And I don't think there's any footage of this on the internet. Trust me, I've tried looking for it, but it's like it's a famous case of like uh, uh, a suicide being broadcasted to like a shit ton of people on American yeah. television. Well, in that same vein, there was that news woman who was interviewing a guy, and he turned around and said, "Fuck her right in the pussy." So, like, crazy shit just gets broadcast all over, all the time, you know? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't like Fuck her right in the pussy? Or is it, or is it grab her by the pussy? Grab oh. <laughs> He's actually president now. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think... Because, I, I again, I went back to rewatch some or I went back to watch some of the reviews of Joker, and someone had a really interesting point about that last scene. Because I overall, I like that scene. Um, I liked it a lot, but more for the visual and cine- cinematography around it, as yeah. opposed to... it looked All of it looked scene. really well. It was really well shot. 
Todd Phillips did, and his cinematographer did a really good job making all that look really pretty, gritty, and grimy. And when he came out, like, dancing, it looked like that was something that could have happened back in, what, 70s or 80s? Yeah. When he was coming out and dancing through the, uh, through the uh, set. Um, there are two things that a review pointed out that I... Like, not... I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but... Um, they have an old woman on uh, sitting next to Arthur Fleck, and when he says "knock knock," who's there? Um, it's the police. Your kid got killed by a drunk driver. She was like, she was the one that said, "You can't joke about that," and it felt like a little too meta commentary. It did, Todd yeah. Phillips. It felt like it was Todd Phillips saying, "Law, like you guys are all PC pussies." <laughs> <laughs> Who can't handle this gamer? Um, yeah, you guys can't handle this edgy joke. Because <laughs> that, it, like, there were a couple instances of you guys decide what's funny and not funny, and what's right and wrong. And it's like, it's a little too poignant for this person who has brain damage to be saying, you yeah. know? Because that's what he was. Like, he was, he was kind of like. And this is something, too, that other people have talked about, that this version of the Joker did not have, like, the genius-level intellect that other Jokers have had, where, like, other Jokers have been criminal masterminds, and uh, ev for every plan that the Joker has, he has, like, five other ones in case it all goes wrong, you know? seems like this guy... Yeah, it seemed like... And it may sound offensive, this guy's Arthur Fleck was more of a, a, a simple dude, if that makes any sense. He, he had the mentality of a child. Yeah, basically. Because, um, again, someone else I can't remember. I, I watched so many reviews just trying to understand people's point of view of it. Um, someone else made the point that Arthur Fleck, even when he was being cool... It was being cool in the sense that a 10-year-old acts how they think an adult acts to be cool, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, it was just, that speech was a little bit too too much of a meta-commentary on Todd Phillips being upset that he can't do, like, Hangover 4. And and, and the thing is, in, in my opinion, dude, he... I think he can do Hangover 4. I think those Hangover movies aren't that offensive. I'm sure there's, like, certain jokes that you can't you tell in that movie. Like, I don't know. I don't think you can call people retards anymore. But uh, other than that, I think he can make another Hangover movie and people will go watch it. <laughs> I mean, we call people retards, but also look at where we're at right Yeah, look now. where we're at, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they... The same reviewer who said it was like a meta commentary made the point that a lot of times, not in all cases, but when com certain people say, I can't, people don't find me funny because I'm offensive, you can just take the because I'm offensive out and just say, people don't think I'm funny anymore. Yeah. And it like, it felt a little too desperate. And the scene just kept going where Murray Franklin. I've never been in a situation where a mental, mentally ill person claimed to kill three people in cold blood uh, and then was happy about it. <laughs> but I would never say, 
buddy, you don't know anything about me after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were some moments, too, yeah, where I thought, like, oh, this is kind of hokey. Like, I don't like, this is, and like you said, it, it was more in line with, like, the whole meta commentary. And just certain moments where I didn't, I didn't believe an actual person would behave that way. They use the plot to make a speech as opposed to weaving in the message into the plot. Yeah. And that's, um... And I think that's what, that's what kept this movie from being truly, truly great. Because, and again, there are other interesting things about this movie. Again, using random acts of violence to push an agenda. The class warfare of rich people not giving a shit about poor people. The shutting down of mental, like, mental hospitals and everything. Um, all of these things are interesting, but instead of doing anything with it, they just kind of make Arthur make a speech on television before shooting someone, you know? I see. I agree. I don't know if you agree or not. I do. I'm um, sorry. I was getting some uh, some sweet uh, social media video stuff. Getting oh, like the you? audio levels. Yeah. Sorry. I was distracted. No, you're good. Again, this is our first time doing this remote, so we're uh, we're learning as we go. We're learning as we go. And if this, if this sounds off, I'll tell you right now. By next week, it will probably sound better because. We we're like Tyler the Creator, man. We we bloom, we rock, and we roll. All right. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're two very talented, hardworking flower boys. And I can't wait to see you again. <laughs> hey, let's get Caliucci's in on this. Let's have her be a guest. She'll totally do our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um. By the way. Is everyone in Arthur's life just sh a shitty person? I think so. I I don't. Well, <laughs> the, that would lend. Then that would. We would have to ask ourselves whether or not there's people out there who are surrounded by shitty people. And you know what? I think that's possible. I think there could be a person who is unlucky enough to just be surrounded by garbage. Ah oh, man, I. This is super unlucky, though. Yeah. Because he, he, um, fucking, what is it? He, uh, even the social worker who's talking to him is, and again, it's clear that this guy is unstable and on medication and everything. She just goes on to say, yeah, they shut down your program and they don't give a fuck about people like you. Oh yeah. And they don't care about me either. Like, it sounded like she was trying to hurt him and yeah. then try to recover by saying they don't care about me either, you know? Well, I, I think that she could be those type of people where, um, like, you know how those people, they, they get these jobs because they actually want to help people and that's what they say. But once it, especially if you're a social worker, like, you're just sort of doing your job can be sort of a drag and if you do it for a number a number of years it makes you kind of jaded and instead you forget like why you did the job in the first place and then it just makes you bitter and then it just in the end you just end up hurting people instead of actually helping them because of your attitude you know what i'm saying yeah i guess but it just instead of coming off as apathetic it came off as like her wanting to hurt this person yeah for some like unspecified reason you know yeah um i think yeah. i have i think i have met people though that do want to hurt certain people or put them down because they're just unhappy with their 
with themselves and their standing in life. I think um, that that's possible. I mean, I I met those people a lot too, but they're also not social workers when they're trying to be like when their job is to help people and be nice to them. Gotcha. You know. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 like I don't know, gas station attendants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know, like. They can't even work in customer service because they're so jaded. Um, overall, I think it's a... I, I walked out feeling not good because I felt like shit by the end of the movie. Yeah. But I felt relatively positive about the film, but there's just some massive flaws that we've been talking about that may stop it from being... A masterpiece. That stop it from being like a, a, a classic, you know? Yeah, I like it. I might even say that I really like it, but I don't love it the way I should have loved it, you know? And maybe that's just a reflection on the Joker character himself, because a lot of people love the Joker. A lot of people right. like how, like, what he sort of represents and stuff, but you're not allowed to love him because he's such a piece of shit. Yeah. You're not allowed to like be like he's the greatest. He's my hero because he is a crazy mass murderer. Um, I don't know if Todd Phillips is like I'm gonna make an intentionally mediocre film. No, so that you don't know whether or not to love the Joker. I just think because I, again, I hated the Joker by the end of this movie. Yeah, it, it, like in a good way, but um, it's. I just, all of these themes that we were talking about, if they just went head first into them and actually explored those theories, like explored that philosophy, I think it would have been a much better and more interesting movie than what we got. And I think too, that a lot of people, and I guess in what, what I just said, they're seeing a lot of things in this movie. There, there's a lot of theories out there and just uh, thoughts and opinions that are like uh, purely like you said like you don't think that Todd Phillips did that on purpose it's all just right. sort of speculative yes. and it's all coming from um, people's imaginations and what they took out of the movie and even though the director might have not um, even though Todd Phillips might have not put that all in on purpose it's still this movie is sparking discussion and people are still talking about it so who knows maybe yeah. like give it a, a couple of years from now and we m might see it in a different light because fuck dude it's like it's been out for what about a month and we're still talking about it has it been that long i think it's been like three weeks almost what? uh you know what it's october 18th i still feel like we're in october 5th or something yeah um yeah i think the oh by the way okay so final thoughts when Oh, I already kind of said this, where you can pick and choose what you want to believe in, in this movie. Um, yeah, almost every day I've been like, oh, I liked that part of the movie, so I'm going to choose to believe that. Yeah. But I didn't like this part of the movie, and I choose to believe that, or I don't choose to believe that. that that's a that's a um, good that's a good way of putting it. You you choose when it comes to this movie, you choose to believe certain things. Yes. Yeah. I I choose to believe he actually dated Sassy Beats. <laughs> <laughs> and then she thought she thought him following her was really hot it was really hot yeah my friends and I we were saying if they had replaced 
Zazzy Beats with like George Soros or Bernie Sanders. The movie. <laughs> you imagine Bernie Sanders going to Arthur Fleck's door and be like, "Were you following me? Are you following me? Are you a billionaire?" I was thinking, why is Bernie Sanders dropping off this black girl at elementary school? Is that, <laughs> is that his daughter? No, the scene that I really want to see is Arthur Fleck opening Bernie Sanders' door and immediately making out with him. <laughs> That's dangerous, man. The, the the dude just had a heart attack like two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, we don't, surprise. we don't we don't want anything happening to Bernie Sanders, okay? <laughs> what, what are you doing in my apartment? I can't even tell Bernie Sanders. You got you got you got to sound like a grumpy old man because that's what he is. That's, but um, yeah, I think if they had done that, if they had put Bernie Sanders in the movie as opposed to Sassy Beats, the message would have been a much more clear about class warfare. Yeah. And uh, I think that would have made a much more, much better movie experience for us. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry, but can you imagine? They don't draw any attention to it. <laughs> and he just, he's just walking down the street holding hands with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Everything's normal. Everything's normal. <laughs> and they're, just, they're just walking with a little black girl. <laughs> I think that would be that would be a better way of showing just how crazy Arthur Fleck is if he's just <laughs> he's just in like this imaginary relationship with this old man from Brooklyn. And he's happy. <laughs> and he's happy. And they have uh, they adopted a little black girl. <laughs> also, hey, also in other like, I keep dropping my mic. In other um, things that they uh, kind of allude to. How the media portrayed like the death of the Wall Street bankers, I thought was kind of funny. Where it's like, clown murders Wall Streeters. Is he the hero? Question mark. Or so, was it something bizarre like that? Yeah, that that's also too. I guess I talked about this earlier too. How like that that in like I don't know. That was weird to make like the jump. Like oh, he murders these three bankers, and then everybody in the streets riots. Like and I felt like that was a really far leap, especially like I, with those scenes with like the headlines, like "Oh, is he like, like is he a hero? Is this a hero? Is this a good thing or a bad thing?" With a clown ripped from killer clowns from outer space, with, with like werewolf teeth and everything. Yeah. As a picture. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah, I think that's what I liked about Gotham City is that it was so on a boiling point that this small, weird thing, this, like, the small, these three murders just sent the city over the edge. And I kind of liked that, again, as a character. But, um, again, they, and I keep saying this, I would have liked it more if they just explored that a bit more and how the media was helping it out. Yeah. I think, uh, what, what do you think about his, uh, his porn notebook? How he wrote all of his jokes, and then in between the pages, there was fucking porn taped to the pages. <laughs> and then he went up on stage, and you could see, like, a fucking cutout pussy. <laughs> Just tits. Yeah. Just tits. 
Oh god. And he's looking at it on TV also. Yeah. I you know that scene where he he's at the children's hospital and then the gun falls out out of his robe. I was yeah. listening to the podcast and there people were talking about that scene and there were some people that found that scene to be really funny. When in that scene happened, I was fucking like and that gun fell out, I like sank into my seat. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing in the world." I felt so it was such a cringeworthy moment because you're just like, why would you bring a fucking gun to a children's ho- children's hospital? And then he said like, oh, it's a part of my act. And I'm just like, oh, what the, uh, like those moments, you know? Did you ever have like a moment like that? Like a moment where like some person laughed at it and then other another person was all like, oh God, that was such like a, a really awkward, cringy scene. Not Not because it was like a bad scene or anything, but because what happened was like really bad context-wise. This, this was like It, chapter two for me, where there was a lot of laughter, but like It was funny whether it meant to, meant to or not. There was a lot of laughter in my theater that I, I don't, I couldn't place why there was, you know? There were certain parts where people would laugh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh. I would just sink her deeper into my seat because yeah. that just showed like, oh, like this guy... Because when he brought that gun to the children's hospital and it fell out of it out of his costume, I think that was like the first moment for me where I realized, oh my god, this guy's a lost cause. Guy, like, there's no way in saving this guy. Like, how did he, how did he not know not to do this? He's gonna drown in the shower. Yeah. Or <laughs> uh, the um after that that death scene that I was talking, the Russian guy from Barry. Yeah when the midget was, like, freaking out, there was a lot of laughter, and I didn't know what, because there was a scene right after with him where there, it was genuinely funny, but when he was just freaking out and asking why, Arthur, why, I didn't know why there was so much laughter. I didn't understand that either. I thought that scene was really creepy. Yeah, I did too. Well, again, like, the door scene where he couldn't reach the doorknob I thought was great. Yeah. But... Before that, people were just in their seats rolling, and I did not understand why. Um, the scene where fucking Arthur shoots Murray Franklin. There's a video where someone... I couldn't gauge the audience reaction in my room, but there's a video of a guy taping it on YouTube, and he just keeps going, this is awesome. This is great. And it's like, that's not a triumphant moment. That's like the breaking point of a very sick man, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe that's an example of this movie reaching people like Arthur Fleck. I don't know. Like, I don't know, like, the state of these people that are watching these movies. Okay, here's a story. When I went to go see it in the theater, there was a guy who was, in certain scenes, was very vocally laughing at parts that weren't funny. And there was was moments where... now that you bring that up, where the guy was all like, this is great. There were scenes in the movie where that same guy who was laughing at parts that weren't funny uh, and just, like, very hamming it up, there was parts where he would yell out, this is great. Oh, my God, the Joker just killed those guys. This is great. And he ended up getting kicked out of the uh, out of the theater. And when, oh, he was, and when he was getting kicked out, he was like, I'm getting kicked out. This is great. And then he left. So like Damn. I don't know if like that's just like if that's just people trolling or if there are people that are just that weird, but I guess it's like not odd for people to have really odd 
trolly Mimi Mimi reactions to this movie. Yeah, because I, I think in my what can I ask what scenes? Can you remember what scenes he was like really reacting to? I think the the scenes were like he was in the he was at the clown union because there's a clown union in <laughs> Gotham City. Uh, those scenes where he was talking to them and he was just like, yeah, oh my god, look at him, he just got a gun, that's great. He was just like saying those uh, things out loud. Okay, okay, okay. And it's just like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? And like, I, like, Tyler has like a really big fear of like, uh, getting shot up in a movie theater. <laughs> so like, she was kind of nervous going into this movie and I had to like reassure her and be like, you're nothing's gonna happen. Like, absolutely nothing's gonna happen. So as soon as he started like yelling out, I'm all like, oh my god, you're probably scaring my girlfriend you can you please stop and uh i was just glad that he got kicked out so then you pulled your gun out i pulled my gun out i said get down everyone get down and then i pointed at him and i'm like you shut the fuck up god damn it yeah that's what i did i don't want to make fun of her fear but imagine if like through her fear she brings a gun in (laughs) And then she's the she, one that shoots up the theater. Yeah, she becomes what she's afraid of. <laughs> you became everything that you swore to destroy. Oh Tyler. my god, dude, that would be that's actually that's actually an interesting idea for a movie. That could be a little short. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, you could have it. There's a million where that came from. Daniel. Yeah. Oh my god, you're just an idea <laughs> machine, bro. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, do you ever do you get that as a comic where like, someone will tell you a joke and be like you could say that on stage? Uh yeah, I think um I think I can tell though when it's like when the person's full of themselves or like when the person is actually offering constructive uh criticism. Whenever somebody tells me like, "Oh yeah, you can use that." And I know they're a douche and they say it in a douchey way, I completely like ignore them and pretend like they didn't tell me anything. But if the the person, like I've had in one instance where I I told a joke and then as soon as I got off the stage, like the comedian like took me out of the room and then he told me like, "Oh, why don't you say it like this?" And since I know the comedian and I know he's been doing it for so many years and he takes it really serious, I didn't take any offense to it. I was just like, "Oh, you know what?" I'll consider that. I'll do that. And I, yeah, that I've done it before. Like I've implemented like what he said into like my act. So like there's, I think there's two versions of it. There's one version where like the person is just a douche and is just like full of themselves and like, yeah, you can keep that. And then there's the other version where there's a comedian that actually like wants to help you with your set. Yeah. Well, cause I, I think Jason did that with me after a, uh, Oh, a fucking, storytelling mike oh yeah jason would probably sound like something like that and he he would do it in a douchey way you should tell no, him no, no, to fuck off like, no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding because i was telling the story about when we convinced a girl that she did coke off a dude's dick yeah and um the like me almost getting shot up in, in palestine yeah he's like those are actual bits. Like you should start doing those in real comedy. No, yeah, you should. It, I think I think I told you that too. Like those those are like interesting stories that you can yeah. mine for for comedy and bits. Yeah, but I, I was just saying like people telling you jokes and then like ah oh, you could say that on stage. It's like not even seeing your act. Have you ever had that like from a family member or something? 
Yeah, I, I think I've had that from coworkers. Not so much family members, but people that know I do stand up. They tell like yeah. a shitty little joke, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you can use that." And I'm all like, "If I want a bomb, I'll use it. Sure, why not?" I like I'll like I think nine times out of ten, it's like an ironic. Eh, you could use it on stage, but every once in a while, they're like, "Nah, you could do this," like from a family member or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's Joker. Wait, any final thoughts on it? Um, they might do a sequel, and it made uh it made enough money to to warrant one if they really wanted to do a sequel. So we it might not be over. I thought I thought they announced it was standalone. No, I Joaquin Phoenix has expressed interest in doing a sequel. He says that he he liked doing the character and he wants to explore more with the character, yeah. and um. I think Todd Phillips has said too that he's open for a sequel, and I think like the movie has made millions and millions of dollars. So I would imagine Warner Brothers would be like, "Yeah, let, let's do this." And I think I, I've heard from other people on the internet too, like the the, the takes, like the different things that they can do with the sequel, and um, yeah. what people have talked about is having the sequel be like an actual. Batman movie, but from the Joker's perspective, where in the sequel, he actually takes on the Batman, and he becomes more of the Joker that we all sort of know. Because in this yeah. movie, you can argue and say that he, the, the character himself, and Joaquin Phoenix himself, was sort of held back, because this was um, uh, a person in, in transition, you know? A person trans yeah. becoming... Uh, something else. So in a sequel, I guess we would get full-blown Joker, and we would also get full-blown Joaquin Phoenix Joker. So I'm interesting. I'm interested to to see that. I want to see that. So I'm not completely adverse to a sequel. I just know that if if they, I just know if they if they do another sequel, um, there's higher chances of that movie being bad yeah yes because wouldn't arthur fleck be like 75 he would be yeah he would be a lot older than batman you could yeah. say like bruce wayne became batman in his 20s so maybe you can age up joaquin phoenix a little bit or maybe not maybe just keep him looking the same because he already yeah. looks old as fuck you know and that can maybe that, just make the character look a little creepier that's why when like he, like, I let it go because he had brain damage, but, like, when he's talking to Thomas Wayne, who looks almost younger than him, yeah, say, hey, are you my dad? <laughs> I, I did kind of chuckle a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just at that, I, it's like if I went to a 12-year-old and, like, you're my dad now. That's pretty silly. Would it be? I don't know. Would it be? Well, well, would you look, would you, do you look like you're, you would be the dad of a 12-year-old? Do you have dad features? Do, uh, no. Do I have dad features? Do I look like I would have a kid? No, I don't think so. I think you look younger than me. Hmm. I've been, I, I was on set, uh, earlier this week, and, uh, some of the background actors were kind of guessing my age, and I was yeah. just like, oh, what's my age? And they are like, oh, you look like you're, like... 19 or 20 and i'm all like psych i'm 26 and they're all like oh my god you look so good yeah and that's was, what i was saying and i was all like ah shucks uh, you 
one. Yeah, you stop it. <laughs> so, do they did they ID you when they when you bought a beer after that and you felt good about that? No, they. I don't buy alcohol, so they never card me. Well, actually, oh. when I when I go, well, they if you go into like a place and they card you, they they have they do that anyway. But I yeah. oh, well, I was carded at Centerfield back in the day when it was still going and it was still open kim carded me because she said like oh you look kind of young and i'm like okay and I, I showed her my id and let her know just how old i was yeah wasn't that after another comic got kicked out from yeah after cameron peroso yeah. said that he was 19 up on stage <laughs> and he immediately got kicked out once he got off it <laughs> oh i miss those the comedy scene yeah um, you, you, you should visit us every now and I then should. Yeah. Or you should visit me in LA. Yeah, that's true. I can we can do mics up there. I've never really done an an LA mic. I've gone to a few of them and tried to go up, but it's always been they've always been lottery and I've never been chosen. So maybe we'll go to Flappers or something. How exciting. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh so before we can before we end this cuz what time are we at? We are at like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at memes on Reddit. So um, that well, that will just be for next episode. That'll be for next episode. Yeah, we need to get, we need to finish up to the second to last chapter of Sonic High School. Yeah. At some point, the sequel. So yes, the when he's making a movie. Yeah. So we will do that in the future. Um. We already announced the live show. November 17th, for all of you guys that didn't know. At 9.30 in Huntington Beach. At the rec room. Yeah, I will be putting stuff up soon. Uh, nice. That. And then, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, I think we have another guest lined up for some time, but we're not sure when. But we'll get them on. Because this person keeps, like, bailing on us. Yeah, what's up? What's up? That this person's name might as well be Bailey, even though it's Whoa. not even though her name or his name is not Bailey. We actually do know a Bailey. I was going to say it's like <laughs> Yeah. And she's actually pretty pretty uh not flaky. Or I don't know. I don't really know. She might be. She's pretty not flaky. Though. Okay, cool. Then her she name should not be on this podcast though. <laughs> She has I not. Think she no. She was on the theater lobby once, and she hated it. So. Oh, so she wouldn't yeah. do ours. Oh, well, maybe because you're here. Oh, okay. She doesn't like so, me. That's cool. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying she, she doesn't like me. She likes you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So that's it. Um, this is the. Uh, I don't know how many times we're going to be doing it like this, but you know, it will be a few times in the future at least you know yeah so we need feedback when we're doing like especially because this is our first remote so yeah let us know us. let us know i, I post the promos up on in my instagram and so is victor and comment let us know email us too if you want uh there's always that Yes, uh, email us at adventurewvad at gmail.com. That is adventurewvad at gmail.com. Oh, real quick, I do have a message that I want to read out real quick. Because.
because I was talking to John about Joker. Yeah. And he says this. I haven't even seen it. It's become more than just a movie, and people are placing so much cultural and political meaning behind it. I don't even want to see it anymore. Oh, wow. I'm going to wait until the hype dies. I'm a contrarian by nature, so if I want a good appraisal, i got to wait until there isn't a mainstream opinion to reject. I First thing, that mainstream opinion really depends on who you're talking to. I think, because if you're in one group of people, you will love it if you're contrarian, but if you're in another group, you will hate it on that, like, for the same reason, you know? Yeah. Uh, I can give you someone else's opinion. This should be a small indie avant-garde film, only screened in a few artsy theaters, watched by hardcore film nerds. The reason it's a blockbuster is because it's attached to a comic book character, but if you just renamed the movie Arthur Fleck and took out all the DC tie-ins, it wouldn't affect the plot at all. It's not a bad movie. It's actually great. It's just not the type of movie that would ordinarily be this big. That has me interested for now I'm going to revel in the gamer jokes about living in a society and hating women and minorities. Very nice. Very nice. I, I, mean, I, I would, I would, some parts of that were correct, and I would agree with that. Yeah, some parts of it were correct. I, um, let me ask you this, because now I'm interested. If this were, like, a small indie thing that showed up on Amazon Prime and only select theaters, would we be harsher on the movie, or would we, I don't know, go more... Well, here's what I think. I think if this was, like, a small indie movie and it took out all of the, uh, the references to the Joker in DC, I would not give a shit. (laughs) I would just probably have it be like, I would think like, oh, this is just another movie about, it's another like indie movie about this demented person. The director is probably super pretentious, like uh, Taxi Driver. I can just watch Taxi Driver and that's about it. But since it's it's about the Joker and it's about this character that I, I really like and that everyone really likes, uh, I think it's a very, the, the fact that it feels like an indie movie and it's small and it doesn't really feel very superhero-y is a very interesting take on the origin story of the character right so i don't think i don't think like i don't think people should think that uh this movie should divorce itself of all of like the dc tie-ins i think the dc tie-ins are what make this movie um special and good if that makes any sense yeah i i don't know if this person was saying that let me let me reread this yeah uh, and i, I, I guess I they were they were saying like oh it, it doesn't i'm not saying that it they should take them out i, I think they were saying like it doesn't need it right it doesn't, yeah it doesn't yeah. matter whether it's in there or not yeah um and i, no, I agree with that but for, for me point. it need, it needs that for me it i felt like in order for me to care and watch it i joker yeah yeah, I think, I don't know, for me, if it was a small indie film with no DC tie-ins, but it still got that critical reception at the uh, film festivals, I would be interested in watching it. Oh, yeah. But if, I'd watch it, like, a year later. If it didn't have any Joker references or DC references and it still won Golden Lion, I'd probably still watch it. Yeah, I don't think I'd watch it, like, go out to the theater and watch it, but it'd be, like, a hereditary where I'd watch it a year later. Yeah. Know? Yeah. All right. Well, my name is Victor Wright. My name is Daniel Farias. Uh, it's gamer time. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Bye.